Hey, welcome back everyone to the Reflux Blue Show. I'm your host Donovan Beery, still recording from the How Design Live conference, and I have brought back the legendary co-host, Nate Voss. No one knows that legend anymore, but hey, it's me. I am here. I'm also at the How conference. And and you're you're actually just supporting Stephanie Voss, the speaker. Yes, I live for that now. I I am solely supporting the wife at this conference. She's speaking on her, her presentation is called Plucky. It's about resilience and design and professionalism and pushing through anxieties and it's, uh, it's amazing. And uh, she's rad. Yeah, Everybody and, should go see that. Well, I mean, or they should have seen it. Or they should have seen it by the time. Yeah, man, if you were there, you know. And if not- That one thing that happened was wild. If not, they are doing recordings of these things. Yes. Now, I will say, I will say that, but I, the one that we're, we're sitting, we're actually recording this not in, not in the fantastic room they've given me, but instead we are in, in room 210. Are watching. we, is this, we're not, this is not a test, we're just going? I don't know, you can cut this part out. No, we're, we're just going, we're just ah. going. We are in room 210, and this one, I don't know if this one will make the cut, because Stefan Mumau is here, and he's setting up, I mean, he's gonna join us in a minute, but he's still, he's got these foldable tables, he's got, is that a pasta strainer? It's an inflatable pool. There's a a pitcher that's not yet filled with. Could who be knows? could be filled with anything. Any kind of liquid could go in there. There's a Stefan. Stefan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or or Stefan Gallagher is you you will be you may be known after this thing. Yeah. There might be there might be uh, I should have like a warning that says you know front row may get wet. It's like a Shamu show at SeaWorld, yeah. Now all these of, tables, all of my presentations have that, uh, that disclaimer in front of them, no matter what I'm talking about. <laughs> these are not the sturdiest of tables. Like no. when, you get, when you get the, the hammer out or whatever you're doing here, uh-huh. you're gonna need some reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I originally was gonna bring like wooden stools mm. uh, and I've got this little kiddie pool to try to catch some of the water. I, I, I'm using, I have an object lesson. And uh, one, this is part, part expect, expectation for me, right? We're at the How Design Live conference where you find most of the, most of the speakers who step on stage are graduate level intelligence, right? You, you, you listen to them and you're like, I can see why you have reached the place that you have in your career. The expectation for me is slightly lower. It's a little bit more of your sort of kindergarten teacher type of expectation, well, and that's setting, what I like to bring. Setting you up for like three o'clock on the middle day is probably perfect because everyone's yeah. everyone's like the first day they went strong. Mm-hmm. Probably ended up at Cheers at night. That's correct. They came in, they somehow made it through the morning, and about three o'clock they they need like watermelon to the face. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's what I want to bring them. I think that's certainly the expectation is. Uh, is one that I'm going to have something interactive that they're going to do something, which is true. We'll have an exercise. The exercise that that uh, we're doing is uh, is called Ultimate Baby Stroller. And so in this instance, you you interact with a partner and you guys design the greatest baby stroller humankind has ever seen. All right. Ooh. All right. Oh, I'm yeah. We're okay. both digging this. Okay. Okay. So so here's what I'm thinking. I'm, I immediately want to jump to like requirements. What sure. makes a baby stroller as opposed to a chair? How or a large table? of a baby does it need to accommodate? This is the, these are all wonderful questions of okay. which I am not going to answer for you. Okay. But Do I, I need to wear a diaper? <laughs> I would prefer you to wear a diaper. I, I've often said like there's not enough baby things for adults. Like why isn't there a Stefan stroller? 
Why, does, why do I have to walk next to my wife at Disneyland? Why can't I get into this stroller? Not a Let's wheelchair. Say, I was going to say, like a chair with wheels? Well, no, not a wheelchair, but a stroller. Because if you've seen some of these baby strollers, they are outfitted, man. They've got yeah. all the stuff. They've it's got flush. food. They've got, you know, the dangling things. It's fantastic. It's I want not all bad that. being a baby. No, I want to have all that. And what I'm hoping is that our, our, uh, our participants will design for the greatest thing ever because then I'm going to start throwing them curveballs. Right in the middle of it, I'm going to start throwing them restrictions. For instance, it, it now has to hold so, four babies. Which is this is, a, this is like this sounds like work. Like this is like yeah, real world well, stuff. Unfortunately, yes. You're doing awesome work, and then and then and then they say, oh yeah, you have to add all of this disclaimers on it. Yeah, well, so we've got we've got some like a like a, a baby stroller company that we work with on a regular basis. I've really been struggling for ideas, so yeah. I'm kind of I'm going to have duplicate or d- double up my efforts by having them do the work for me and then presenting the ideas. Have you seen those robots? They're like made of wood, and they have sails on them, and they walk in the desert, and they have like thirty legs on them. You I've know seen that, yeah, yeah. So if we can't have wheels, could we have weird desert robots? You absolutely can. Legs? Again, money will be no object, Fantastic. so you don't even need to think about like the practicality of it. You could have gravity panels if you wanted to. Oh, fantastic! You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, we're we're gonna have some fun in that capacity. I'm gonna throw them some curveballs. My 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 session is on chaos. It's on how to manage chaos through the creative process. Yes. And this is what I'm going to do is just keep throwing them chaotic things that they have to adhere to in the context of their ideation. And, and that's what the spaghetti strainer is for? Well, this the spaghetti strainer for is for a, an object lesson. So, this this is an object lesson on chaos. So the 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 reality is I've got two I've got two pitchers and I'll be filling up one of those pitchers with water. And then that's going to represent you and your levels of creativity. And then I'm going to pour that into your project. And then I'm going to start throwing all the things that happen at your project. In my box of wonders, I have COVID. Man, nice. he's got props. I've got this props. is full I've Gallagher. Got the kids have to go to soccer practice. They've got there's uh, brand standards you have to adhere to. You've got to do laundry. The the where'd the hamster? How'd the hamster get out? Right there's a there's a dog mascot that the client wants to include in this. This is so stupid. You got music practice you have to go to. Every one of yeah, our clients he's, are, are he's dinosaurs. Pulling, he's just throughout pulling the these things out of a cardboard box. There's have so many items half in here. Half the time that you usually have. It's got a kitchen timer. All of that is going in. All of that is going into the pitcher. And what's going to happen is all that water, all that creativity is going to come out, spill out all into our little kiddie pool here. And by the time I use the strainer. To strain it back in, you're going to see you only have like this much creativity left. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the effects of chaos in the creative process. That's really good. Oh. That's good. It'll so, be fun. I think that it will. I think people are going to love it. Here's what I want to ask you. About. Yeah. When it comes to putting together a complete thought like that mm-hmm. for a session at a conference. Yeah. With a, and if you've ever been at a conference where Stefan Mumau is speaking, he brings it. Yeah. Hmm. It has yeah. never not been brought in. Yeah. <laughs> So when I, when I, there's a lot of things going on here. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of messages. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, there's variety in it. Yeah. What is your process? I'm genuinely really interested to hear this answer. What is your process of coming up with a session like this? Okay. So this is, all a session is, is a story. And there, in the context of a story, there, there's usually one, one message. There's one moral to every story that's told, right? I start with the moral, and then I start building out a story arc for that moral, because this is going to take place over 45 minutes. All stories take place over time. So I start with the moral. What I like to do is I, I I like to have that opening, that first sort of exposition moment of the story, offer up a question or something that goes unanswered, and then I'm going to bookend it and answer it at the end. 
right? You saw Justin Aaron's session on authenticity and he did the exact same thing. He started with a personal story, story of him as a child and the feeling of abandonment he felt when his dad didn't come pick him up from his mom's house. And he, he left us with the question, what, did I, what do I do about that? And then he never answered it, not until the end. He came back around to it to the end. I, I truly believe a great session ties something up. It poses something that sticks in your brain. You find the moral of that story, probably in the first act, in the first 10 to 15 minutes of a 45-minute session. You find the moral of the story. You see the proof points of that story play out, and then you wrap it at the end. So you can begin to see a five or six-part story structure that exists within that, that then you just fill in with pertinent support as you go along. So it starts with the moral. Second step is that tie up at the beginning and end, and then the support that kind of goes through it. So the, the object lessons are just the way that I always like to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, there are, we've all had professors in school, some professors that are brilliant but boring, and some professors that, I don't know, they stood on the desk and they, and they told you poems, and you go, I, I remember that guy. I remember what he told me because he showed me he actually cared about the topic. Stuff like this, as silly and kindergarten as it is, it shows you... I do genuinely care about this topic. There are people here who have given me 45 minutes of their lives. They spent a lot of money to come to this conference. And I, I want to give them the best of me for that time because I think that's what they deserve. And I think that there's, like I said, there are teachers in our lives that have done the same thing or people in our lives that have done the same thing. When I'm dead and people remember, I hope they remember a session I was in or something they read in a book or something else. What I hope they don't remember is how fat I've gotten over the last 10 years. Ah, it's just ridiculous how happened. fat I've gotten. Just, Unbelievable. Yeah, however we can all measure up. No, <laughs> none of us have gained any weight. Do you have, no. do you have a tape measure in this box? I'm looking in this box. Yeah, we gotta, we're going to do I'm some seeing waste. Any. There is no tape measure. I, yeah. I do have a whistle. There's, there's whistles. That's not even a wiener whistle. It, it's not a wiener whistle. It's just, I've got a wiener whistle in the bag. I just I just picked it up at the conference. Yeah, okay. So i got all kinds of stuff. I've got the budget for your... For your the budget for your uh, for your project, which is pennies. Nice. Um, I've got all kinds of things to add. Do to you this. put? Here's a question about the pennies yeah. in the cup. Do you put the pennies in, or do you put the cup in with the pennies weighing it down and the and the vacuous space <laughs> of the budget? <laughs> now I'm gonna I have to pour water. it out because I need them to see that it's pennies. Gotcha. And I yeah, yeah. Have, I don't have a clear. Yeah. Cup, otherwise, so, yeah. yeah. That's how it's gonna kind of work. I, I love the the idea of the vacuum. Creative yeah, the vacuum creative. This is where your budget should out. be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I would say you've you've been last time we had you on the show, you were mm-hmm. at the on brand conference. But the time before right. you were in Omaha, you spoke at a a lunch session for the ad club. Yeah, I remember that. And and on that one, he did Stefan Nate Stefan did the impossible. He sat there. He gave an hour long lunch presentation where everyone's got food in front of them, with literally less than like ten slides and just told a story, and everybody still listened. I don't think of you very much as a slide guy. Uh, but it was well, impressive. Yeah. There's no... Yeah. But, but, I mean, but, I mean, we see this, and we see the props, which are going to be immensely entertaining. Yeah. But I was just trying to tell you that he can bring a presentation with nothing. Yeah. A presentation, with no, no, yeah. no outside anything, yeah, the, the, and, and the, it's impressive. I told the person that was with me, I said, what he did was, is very impressive. Like, yeah, I, I think the mistake people make is thinking that the deck is the presentation, and right. it's not. You're the presentation. The deck's supposed to be support. And, and too many speakers, just my own criticism, too many speakers mm-hmm. use the deck as script. It's because they're really not prepared, and they need the slide to tell them what they're supposed to talk about. 
uh, and they need those triggers. So unfortunately for the audience, that's not a great that's not a great right. experience. So if you remember that you're the presentation and, and the screen is support, you'll always create something that's compelling. You know, a very long time ago, because we you know because we're all old now. Whereas we once were not. <laughs> a very long time ago, one that really stood out to me was, I think it was at AIGA, and Marion Banshees got up and gave a great big main stage presentation, and half of her presentation deck was an unbroken fast forward of like clouds moving through the sky as mm. she was telling a great story about mm. you know her background and where she came from. Or, could have been where she wants to go, and that part of it, I guess, didn't didn't stick with me as much because it's been ten years. But, uh, but I, I like I took that with me. I was like, she's not reading from a deck. She's not putting the words she's saying. She's just creating a background and an environment for her story to thrive. That's and that right. Was something that always kind of stuck stuck with me. Well, you know, one of the one of the I truly mean this. I'm not just saying this because it's so good. By the way, to see you two together again on the podcast. It's nice. It's not um, so bad. I'm not just saying this because you're here in the room. One of the 10 best presentations I've ever seen is your wife's presentation. It was at GasCan. This had to have been like 2014, 2015, somewhere in there, maybe 2016. Was that at the How in San Francisco? No, no. no this no, was no. at a conference oh. in Kansas City. And I, I, admitted, I admitted my faults to it. I was running that conference, and I was doing tech and going back and forth and emceeing. And she brought her presentation to me, and then she got up on stage to talk about to talk about sort of an introvert topic. Like, what do you, what do, you do? How, how do you kind of roll with the punches? When, when things are a little bit softer, more of that introverted type of way. And I could not get her presentation to load. She had no screen support. She was nervous to begin with. She stands up on a stage and she's waiting for her screen to come up. And eventually I had to kind of lean out the window. It's way up in the stadium and go, I've got nothing for you. And now she's got to stand on it's stage. like a speaker nightmare. A spe exactly, a speaker nightmare. And she stood on stage and from memory gave one of the most compelling presentations I've ever seen without any visual support whatsoever and absolutely killed it. Standing ovation at the end of it. I went down, I was like, I, I want you to understand how difficult this was <laughs> when you thought you were going to have this behind you and you didn't. And what she just did from a speaker standpoint was phenomenal. And it, it absolutely rocked. She kept her story straight. She was able to, uh, to provide the sort of emotional resonance that you want to have in connection with the audience. And she did it all without any support. It was just her on a stage by herself, and it was brilliant. And wow. obviously unprepared yeah. or... I'm not prepared to do that way. Yeah, so. and, but but she had prepared enough that she knew what it is that she wanted to say, and 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 the screen was just going to be support for her. And it's a great example when you're prepared and you understand that you're the presentation and screen is just support. You can lose the screen and still provide something worth seeing. Okay, yeah. we're going to be right back with Stefan Muma. So, so Nate, he's I, I think he's still adding things to this box. I think he's <laughs> dumping. Well, I gotta take the rocks out because uh, the rocks are separate. Oh, so okay, so you add. I add the rocks. You add the rocks. I add everything. So I stole these rocks. You might recognize these rocks. He's outside, got stolen contraband outside, in his box. Outside the the, uh, the Sheridan. We were talking about this last night. You I were did. doing a, a reverse uh, Andy I, I, Dufresne. I was, gonna go, I was gonna go to Home Depot and I, I walked back to the Sheridan. I'm like. Ooh, these rocks are perfect. So I went, I went out afterwards, and I got a little bag, and I sat down there where they, where they pick up all the, the Ubers. And I'm just looking around, grabbing rocks, dropping them into the bag. Yeah. <laughs> like this, don't so worry about me. Yeah, perfectly so. normal guy. Don't worry Grab about me. Nope, don't worry about me. I'm just 
They're perfect. They're small. They're dark. They're they are, jagged. Exactly. That's the, and they're going to create a little bit of that murky water and when we pour it back oh, in. Oh, it is. Because so they're, they're, they're not clean. clean rocks. No. So when we, we're going to start off all clean, and then when, whatever creativity we have left is going to be tainted. Mm. Tainted by the chaos that was around yeah. us. So. It's going to be the like rice water. Gonna play it's just it. creative taint. Yeah. It's creative taint. Don't, I'm glad we're not recording that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna trademark that term maybe creativetaint.com. That could be that could be your presentation for next year's Hound Conference. Donovan Berry's Creative Taint. Yeah, you know it's just it just rolls off the tongue. I love it. Yeah, no, this it reminds uh, the visual that I'm I'm left with is uh, we started this has nothing to do with anything. We've started washing our rice. We have a nice rice cooker. You gotta wash that rice before you put it in the rice cooker. But then you gotta that, at least rinse it. Yeah, you gotta at least rinse it right. But if you can get that I water think. coming pretty clear. Then you know it just brings the flavor out more, gets more of that more more of that garbage out of the way. I don't know a lot about it, but that's the visual that I want to communicate to the fans listening. Clean rice. Clean rice is the way you want your creativity. When you put your clean rice, the clean rice of your creativity into the rice cooker. I think we'll leave these down. <laughs> then yeah. then it gives your your idea the best chance of forming there the perfect bundle of sticky rice. You got it. The flavors can come out because because the garbage is in the way. It's a perfect metaphor. It's perfect. Yeah. We've done it. We've solved creativity on the Reflex Blue show. We've been trying for more than a decade. <laughs> and we've finally done it. Uh, okay. So Nate, what have you been up to? Well, you know, many things as uh, I feel like I was on some some number of oh, times we were, ago. We talked about the Mandalorian. We did. We talked about and, we talked and, about Star Wars, and right? And I'm so glad we spoke. Yeah, and I'm so glad we spoke before before the last episode. We spoke. I think I think right after like the return of Boba Fett. Right. And 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 I'm glad we got to speak then because if we would have spoken after the next episode when it was the return of Luke Skywalker, yeah, um, it, it would have. We wouldn't have talked about Boba Fett at all. Right. So, and I have, yeah. So Obi-Wan's coming out soon. Oh, yeah. But the important thing is that Hayden Christensen is coming back. Um, yeah. And that's what really matters. I love that all of a sudden the fans are excited that he's coming back as Darth Vader, where I don't, I don't know if 15 years ago they were excited that he was Darth Vader at all. I think, you know, time takes us all on a journey, doesn't it? And, and, and I think that, like... He like he left acting. He was unhappy. He's basically he's got a ranch up in Canada, I think, and you know, like he went there to find his peace, and like that's at least the story as I know it. It could be completely wrong, but like he went up there to find his Sith. Yeah, his real Sith. He, uh, you know, kind of wanted to get away from that scene because it wasn't super great to him. But then to have him come back, and he's he's had this long term friendship with uh, Ewan McGregor. And like, so it's those guys getting back together. And I just read this interview and he was just, oh yeah, day one on set. You know, I walk in and, and there's Ewan in his Obi-Wan robes. And he was like, I'm gonna remember that for the rest of my life. Like, I want that for Hayden Christensen. I, like, or, or God, who was it? The, the Spider-Men getting to come back and finish their Spider-Man oh, stories. That was nice because and, I think people genuinely liked Andrew Garfield, but that movie was not good. Right, and and it didn't, and he didn't get to, to complete his story until they brought him back for that. So there's all these like late chances that this like content influx of streaming services and everything that's happening uh, in film and 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 things are the productions are becoming both easier and more technically savvy. So they're just making more and more things, and they're just saying, "Hey, fuck it, yeah, let's put all three Spider-Man in a movie, and let's." have some continuity there and then and so you kind of want that 
for the people who are making these films, I want Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor to have a good friendship. I would love if they could high five Natalie Portman. I I now, saw they, I saw a photo they, of a when Hobbit they do this high five, the they have day. to be on even ground. One of them can't be on high ground. Right? Yeah. God. Yeah. But uh, so you asked me a question. Aside from getting hyped for that, and I did. I will be honest. I did not watch the Boba Fett show. Oh jeez, you gotta you gotta catch up. I'm okay. It's I catch. Right. I'm on Twitter, so I don't have to. Because when something happens, okay. Well, you do have to watch it before the next Mandalorian, okay. because it, it it basically leads into where we assume it's it's kind of the Mandalorian season three, season two and a half, two point five ish. Yeah, it starts off a little slow, but it picks mm-hmm. up. What's been up with me, design wise? I, I tried to live that startup life. I don't recommend it. Not really. But I did that for for uh, a few years at a couple places, and um, I've recently joined a, a a company out of the Midwest called Huddle. I'm very excited about it. I can't talk about anything that I'm doing with them yet, but uh, they are a, a company that specializes in in video and data analytics for high school sports and also college sports and also what they call elite sports, which is like high profile college and even some professional. And that's football, basketball, soccer. We call it global football. We, we do all kinds of that, all, all kinds of that stuff. And it's, it's just, so far, it's just been a really exciting company to get to know. And uh, it's only, I've literally only been there a few weeks, uh, but I'm, uh, I got a really good team and I'm, I'm excited to be sportsing it up. We're going to sports it hard, man. And we're not only going to sports it hard, we're going to know how we're sportsing it hard so next time because I'm gonna... of these AI-driven analytics tools. So next time I see you, it's going to be all jerseys every day. Yes, but they're going to be... The only way that's even still going to happen with me, because there is a contention of us of, of like, we're not really sports people, we're like design people, or we're not really sports people, we're code people, but we're here. So mine would be like, well, back in the day, I don't watch it so much anymore. It would be like an Overwatch League shirt. It would be like a professional gaming jersey. And you wouldn't really know that you're not looking at a sports team, that you're looking at an esports team. I, I need to get an esports jersey before the big conference that's later this summer so that I can wear that. I think, I think you do. It, and it was fun. This kind of goes back to Terry's talk yesterday, Terry Trespicio, where she, she mentioned uh, Barbara Corcoran, is it, that, that does real estate on Shark Tank. She said, like, she has no – she quoted, she says, I have no passion for, for real estate. Mm. And they're like, are you serious? And she's like, well, I'm passionate about building businesses, about being an entrepreneur. And so mm. she's like, you don't have to be passionate about the thing you're working on. Like, but you can also do it passionately. But I can, but I can tell you what my connection is. My passionate connection to sports is, and this came up yesterday. We've talked about Justin Aaron's on this show just a few minutes ago. Justin's son is in high school sports. He's on huddle. My nephew is in high school sports. He's on huddle. His dad, my brother, has show, he is the one who introduced me to the entire system years ago. And the idea of empowering these student athletes, not just their coaches, but also like the kids, right? Yes. Like helping them. But there's a huge part of the product that's about visibility for recruitment and furthering college education through sport. And like, that's awesome. And that's just a couple examples of like personal, like people that I actually know who are already on the platform, but it's millions and millions of kids. And that's amazing. I'm trying not to swear. I want to say that's effing rad. And that part of it is, is something, like, I get really fired up about that. And those are just systems that didn't exist when we were in high school going into college. There wasn't, no, like, a I place think, you I could go to No, I think that's why Huddle's just, Huddle yeah. is just taken off, and it's, it's, it's out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. But it's just taken off because all of a sudden 
before before they were around, I don't know how you sent out tapes like physical, like VHS. I or can tell something. you, it was wild. You would have a yeah, you'd have a guy with a VHS camcorder doing game tape, and then you would like trade tapes with other schools. Like there were tr- there were tape trades, so you'd do a game and with your opponent, and then you'd make a copy of your tape and you'd, you'd give it to that opponent and they would give you like some 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 other tape back and like oh it, like it was it was it was basically like like uh like people who who would record audio con- who would record audio at concerts and like do tape swaps of that last dave matthews band show but it was like that but for for game film and so there this sharing and distribution of of game film is is in fact a part of the product and 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 you know one of those things that kind of keeps that network alive but in a easier to distribute manner it's a very deep product it's lots of parts of it i don't know every single part i don't I've, i don't know if any one person knows all of huddle there's a lot we'll, of it we'll check back in later yeah you let know. me know we'll check back Tomorrow in here and i'll let like, you know if it's me just figured it all out yeah all right we'll be right back So my guess is we're, we're still here. Stefan's still like setting stuff up. I mean, it's just getting crazier by the minute. He doesn't it's have the tarps on the front. He's, to let he us claims, jump in. He claims that there's a session that he's given tomorrow, but my guess is he's going out of here in cuffs. <laughs> yeah, my session is going to be to inmates um, uh, about creativity in prison. Hold on, hold on. I'm checking. Did you get the, checking. Were the cuffs from teaching? <laughs> Keep an eye. You've got multiple exits. Yeah. So you, That's a good, you that's need a good to make call. a run for it. That's a good call. Yeah. I think they would expect me to go there or probably left, but I think going right is the call. I don't go think they're going to go through gonna, the window. Yeah, I don't, oh, just like they do in movies. Yeah. 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 Just like they do in movies. So, so if if you do get out of here, what is what is the talk tomorrow? Tomorrow we're doing a workshop on rapid ideation, and how that differs than, for instance, traditional ideation. Now, traditional ideation is more of a of a thoughtful process that might take place over the course of hours or days or weeks, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. as you're generating an idea for something that you're working on. Rapid ideation is sort of the process of how do I accelerate that to generate ideas in minutes, not hours, days. Mm -hmm. What triggers can I use to generate ideas faster? How do I iterate on those ideas faster? I I think we all know people in our lives that that have uh, a very quick wit someone who's really good at like, pulling jokes out, for instance, mm-hmm. a Donovan Beery type of a person who is very witty and quick in, in uh, social yeah, situations. It's a lot to live up to. Generally, it really when is. I think of Donovan Beery, I think of speed. <laughs> when, I, when I think of Donovan, I think of speed as well. The drug, not the, not the, not the yeah. acceleration. Yeah. But yeah, but we, th- those people have, in essence, practiced that, uh, that art, that idea of generating mm-hmm. ideas very quickly, and everything becomes very temporary to them. And that's a process that we're going to p- apply to, the, to, to ideation. How do you create temporary ideas, move really quickly, get them out, document them, move on? And we're going to have some fun doing it tomorrow by redesigning the common spoon. It's not really redesigning it. It's more of repackaging it. The general idea or concept is that spoons have oversaturated the market, and your client has warehouses full of spoons that need to be repackaged as something else. What could they be repackaged as? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they haven't, the, the spoon, how long has the spoon been around? Oh, I'm going to say at least 10, 15 years. I remember it when I was young. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember I remember spoons from a decade back. Okay. Yeah. I like where you're at with this too. Hmm. The, the notion of coming up with ideas quickly and allowing them to be temporary. Yeah. Most creative people that I've known mm-hmm. 
we become very attached to our ideas, exactly. no matter how quickly we come up with them. We right? hold on to them for years. Yeah. You know, I, I used to. I, I got bad ideas idea from years for, ago, yeah. For a decade before I was able to use something. Well, yeah. you're, you're exactly right. I mean, as creatives, so, uh, let, me, let me give you another analogy for it. Mm. Do you, do either of you like money? Like when you get money, do you like to hold on to money? Oh. Fat no. stacks. You just did like fat stacks of money, right? Obviously, money is currency, and we use money to buy things. So when we, we do uh, an awful lot to get money, and when we have it, we want it, we want to hold it and be able to use it for the right things. In the creative field, ideas are a currency, and creatives are judged on their ability to generate ideas. And so when we have an idea that we think is really good, we hold on to it because it's ours, and we have to make it, and, that, and we generate it, and we have to see it come to fruition in its entirety. And so we have to hold on to that idea, and we get mm. really precious about it. And what it does is it keeps us from seeing the value of not only iteration of that, that idea, but potential of other ideas. So we have to learn how to make that process a little bit more temporary. And when you do, you find out you generate a lot of ideas. You can then go back and be precious about one of those. But during ideation, you want to be quick. You want to create temporary ideas, get everything out, and then come back later and evaluate what you keep. Mm. Quantity over quality. Quantity over quality. I believe wholeheartedly in the process. Quality is something you can apply and you can craft. But in the act of idea generation, you don't get to quality unless you go through quantity. So that's like fascinating to me because what you've described in a lot of ways is, and long-time listeners may know, Donovan and I went to the same school where they would say, okay, your assignment over the next two days is to come up with 100 ideas for a logo for whatever this is mm -hmm. we're working on. Here's 100 ideas. You're going to throw 99 of them That's away right. eventually, and you learn that, and you learn that, and you learn that. Quite separately, in parallel, you're also learning your ideas are these perfect little Fabergé eggs, and my God, if you do not protect them, someone else is going to come and stomp them into dust. So reconciling that, that you need to be able to move quickly through ideas in order to come to the best one, come to the most operational idea that you have, versus allowing them to float away That's and, and be yeah. unprotected yeah, as we a have, part of that process. As, There's as, some dichotomy there. As designers, um, it's incredibly common for us to iterate on something we've made. We come up with something and then they're like, hey, we have to come up with a second design. It's basically the same idea applied mm. slightly differently. It's because this we're, one's blue. Exactly, and and we say these are two different ideas, but they're really not. They're an iteration mm -hmm. of the same. It's because we have found that idea, we have solved that problem. It was it was that created anxiety in us before we solved it. We solved it, and now we want to sit on it instead of learning how to give that one away and solve it again and being able to go back to what Sally Hogshead calls the throne of agony. That throne of agony is uh, it's an unsolved problem that I'm responsible for, and it's a very difficult thing for designers and for most creatives to go through. But if you can learn how to create a very temporary process for doing it, it becomes the greatest part of your entire process. Generating ideas, whenever a client says, I don't like any of these, it's actually one of my favorite things. You're gonna ask me to go back and do the thing I love most again, and you're gonna pay me for it? That's fantastic. That's so much of a healthier thing than, than the usual swearing in the closet for yeah. half an hour. Yeah, perhaps, yeah. I mean, screaming is okay. I mean, ha having your yell pillow is all right. Yeah. It's all right. Okay, well, Stefan, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. And, yes, and letting us uh, interrupt your setup time. Me and Nate are going to go to the ATM and get some bail money for you. I appreciate yep, that. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll text be, you on the it's way. It's going to be a rough weekend. If I still have you. my phone, I'll, I'll text you where I'm going. you got to work that into your speaker's budget like a Rage Against the Machine <laughs> video. <laughs> yeah. Got to get the bail money in. Yeah. Well, yeah, hey, man, thanks for hanging out right. with us. My Donovan, thank you for letting me hang out. Well, thanks for coming back. It's good to see you again, Nate. And, uh, you know. We'll see you next year. Let's check in after Obi-Wan. Okay, okay. And, and it, 
I'm also going to want to talk Street Fighter with you at that time. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw you were doing some, uh, you were playing online, and it was, it was embarrassing. Which it's, it's, just embarrassing. It is. I can't get out of Rookie. Like, I got to get my, uh, my frame advantage down. I got to get my, punish, my punishers down. I know what's happening. I can't maximize damage when there's an opportunity, and my opponents can. That's what's happening, Donovan, but here's the thing. 13, 14 years ago, when you and I were doing all this stuff in Omaha, I was way into Street Fighter, and I kind of let it go, and I kind of walked away from Street Fighter for a long You have a Street Fighter machine in your office, oh, yeah, for God's yeah. sake. And then in between jobs, as I was leaving one, I was leaving the startup, and I was going to, to, to huddle, as we've discussed, I had a few weeks off in between there, and I quite randomly saw the 1990s uh, animated Street Fighter anime movie yeah, and I've never and, seen it, but you have you did show me clips up from it years God, ago. It's so good. It's so good, Donovan. It's canon. You showed canon. you show me clips of the feet that make fists. Yeah, the, yeah, you were like, how does it how does it yeah, well you gotta you gotta look at the way they ball up the, that it's so good. Anyway, I watched it on YouTube and I was just like, oh wait, yes, I've just remembered I fucking love Street Fighter and I'm gonna make this my life. Back in the day, I couldn't I was working for myself, I was making nothing in freelance. I couldn't afford a fight stick. You know what? I'm a grown ass man now. So now I got myself an arcade stick. Yeah, I do. It's big. It's weighty. It's a hoary rap four. If you guys know it's for the PS4, but I'm using it on the PS5 because the PS5 version isn't out yet. This is what happens to me when you start talking about things I'm currently excited about. We'll catch you guys soon. Me and Nate are going to have this conversation (laughs) for the next like three or four hours. Later. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Murray is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab.